Sports Talk with Craig and John brought to you by Dustex. Dustex customizes entry mats. Dustex. WePlayClean.com. He's Craig Maddock. I'm John Gaskins. University of Sioux Falls Athletic Director Pam Goal on what schools at the Division II level are facing when it comes to not just not having a spring sports season, but what about a fall sports season? And what about what about concerns with a lot of schools around the country either considering cutting sports or already starting to do so, like uh, Old Dominion Wrestling, University of Cincinnati Men's Soccer. John Gaskins with Craig Maddock. Uh, we are one week away, Craig. One week from right now in the 5 o'clock hour, we'll be going through the the 20s portion uh, of our mock NFL draft. Yes, we are having a mock NFL draft like we always do every year on the day of the first round of the NFL draft, just like there will be an NFL draft. 19th year we've done the mock NFL draft, and we have been somewhere outside the studio when we've done the mock NFL draft where we take 32 general managers and they get a chance to pick the first round draft pick for their favorite team. Uh, but because of what's been going on, we will still do the mock NFL draft, but we're going to be in studio and we'll have our GMs give us their pick over the phone. You still have a chance to be a part of that next Thursday. Just go to KWSN.com. Scroll down halfway the page there, and you'll see the the featured promos and contests. You'll see the icon for the mock NFL draft. Just click in there and just tell us which team that you would like to be the general manager for. Uh, Would love to have you get that done today or tomorrow because we'll start finalizing that big list uh, beginning early next week. She's in her eighth year at the University of Sioux Falls. She guided a national championship basketball team as the head coach at Minnesota State Mankato over a decade ago and played at Augustana a little longer than a decade ago. And she has been the athletic director at USF for over two years. Pam Gold joins us on the tires, 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 failing. I should say almost two years, but a uh, lot going on. It's it's an interesting time to be anybody in our world, but especially a decision maker and an athletic director. But we'll just start with, you know, how differently is work? You've mentioned you're just a different busy now, like a lot of people you're on home and having a lot of Zoom conversations. But with your duties, with what you are normally dealing with, how different are they and what are the differences compared to most years at this time? Right. Normally at this time, we're trying to figure out where you can get a softball and baseball game in because of snow on the ground <laughs> or, or temperatures at a certain level. But, um, you know, it's different now. Uh, I think that we've been communicating a lot. Uh, I've really been so proud of our coaches. They've been in touch with their current student-athletes. They've been, uh, you know, recruiting hard. It's it's interesting. It's a different type of recruiting. You can't be out watching people, but you have to go back kind of to the old-fashioned way where you just watched film on folks and made calls and, and trusted, you know, people in your life to reach out to that, that trust their evaluation. So our coaches have been doing a really good job of, of – you know, staying busy and working hard to to make sure their programs don't fall off. 
Pam, the NCAA Division I Council made that decision recently that uh, every spring sports athlete gets an extra year of eligibility. Does that affect Division Two? Yeah, we actually got the ruling before Division One did, and, and um, Division One has a different, like, a five-year clock, and we have a 10-semester clock, so our ruling came out sooner. And we have, I would say, 13 to 16 student-athletes that are thinking about doing that, coming back for an additional year. Um, I know that it, uh, some of the D1 administrators have been on, you know, different shows and saying that puts a lot of financial strain on them, and for us, um, because the D2 uh, partial scholarship model that there is at the D2 level, uh, we're welcoming those students back, and, and we will honor their scholarship for another year. And we're, we're excited um, for those, those kids that want to come back to come back. We know that there's some kids that have jobs already and have, you know, or been accepted to, to different graduate schools, and we wish them the best, too. But we're excited about the group that we have coming back. Would just you, oh, there be a timeline on that? Do they have to let you know by a certain time if they are coming back? Well, we had a uh, one deadline was that our graduation programs are going to the printer, and so we needed to know if people were going to graduate <laughs> or if sure. they were going to to you know withdraw their graduation uh, declaration and then come back as an undergrad and add another major next um, next year. So that was one deadline, but we have a few um, that are still waiting to hear on some pre-professional schools, um, you know, that if they get into a grad program that they're excited about, um, they they will make that choice, um, but they're still waiting. So we have a few up in the air, but we've heard from quite a few. I just want to clarify, do, do coaches have to make decisions who, if they're going to bring in a new recruit or keep an athlete, uh, especially a, a senior who's decided to, to stay on a, an extra year, or is there kind of a, a relaxation of a limit on scholarships and members of a team? Yeah, you're right on point there. They, um, the NCAA has certain equivalency levels that each sport can have, like a fully funded basketball team has 10 full scholarships. Um, the NCAA has allowed for, in the 2021 class, or a 2021 school year that our athlete, our, our spring sports can, can go above their NCAA max equivalency if needed to honor scholarships for those student athletes that might be coming back. So, um, it is not that our coaches are trying to decide whether or not to, um, offer that money to an incoming freshman or to a super senior fifth year coming back. That's not happening at our campus, but I'm not saying that that couldn't happen at the Division II level because there might be some schools that um, are not, it's kind of an institution-by-institution institution decision, and some schools might be in a different boat. We're not there at USF. And, and I'm guessing the coaches, they can decide to tell per, perhaps players that are eligible for an extra year who were seniors and want to come back for their senior season. They can pro certainly be honest with those players. Your scholarship will be honored but perhaps there's, you know, there might be a sensational freshman coming our way. And so, you know, nobody's obviously you're guaranteed your scholarship. You're not guaranteed playing time. Well, I, you know, I don't know. The old coach of me says mm -hmm. that, uh, that, uh, fifth year senior coming back got a few more things. <laughs> even, even the, the, even when you have a sensational freshman, yeah. a lot of times a, a fifth year senior has some traits that would be, 
um, advantageous to have it be a part of your program. Um, you know, it's you can't teach experience, and, and those kids have it. So, you know, I'm not saying that they're going to take away opportunities from I think the coaches will just have to manage, and, and I think they'll do a good job. And, Craig, that's why the Vikings need to trade for a veteran instead of relying on rookies coming up here. But uh, I digress here. Craig and John, Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, KWSN.com. Pam Goal, Athletic Director at the University of Sioux Falls, joining us. I'm John Gaskins. He's Craig Maddock. What was the the biggest challenge your spring coaches had once it was determined that they were not going to have a season? Um, you know, I think that there's almost like a grieving process. They they were in shock first, and then a bit of denial, and then some of their you know some of their kids were really upset and angry, uh, and so I think that um, they had, and all of these coaches have been a part of you know just spring busyness. For their whole lives, so it was really just an adjustment that they all had to make, um, and some made. You know, I think our coaches did a great job leading, but um, the athletes take it in a different way, and each athlete is different. So they have to just communicate with each student in their own um, sense of how they're feeling. But it was tricky. I mean, our when when it went down, our basketball team was in Missouri. Um, hope our women's basketball team was hoping to play in regionals. Our swimmers were in Ohio, and we had to try to figure out how to get them back, whether they were going to fly or rent a, a van or something. Our tracksters that had made nationals were down in Birmingham, Alabama, when this happened, and then our softball team was down in Florida. So uh, there were some logistics in that in those first you know forty eight to seventy two hours of just trying to get students back and and then um you know that's kind of a cute crisis situation and and then they just kind of move through stages now i think all of our athletes and coaches are in a routine which i mean like it or not they might not like it a lot but at least they've been able to establish a routine uh, we keep reading about obviously the financial hits division one athletic programs are going to take take and already are eight million at arizona 10 million already and that's the best case scenario at minnesota gophers could stand to lose 75 million dollars if they don't have football games uh, this upcoming fall and nebraska my rough estimation is 50 million dollars if they lose out on each of their seven home football games about seven million dollars a game considering the ticket prices but that football brings in a lot of revenue, as we know, for Division One, especially Power 5 schools like Minnesota and Nebraska. But not so much at the University of Sioux Falls, I would think, or Division Two schools. And you're not tied to giant TV contracts that you're worried about uh, profiting from. So what kind of financial hits do, uh, are, do you, is Division Two, in particular the University of Sioux Falls, standing to take? Uh, so far already, but also with any prospect if we don't have fall sports. Right. I, I think, you know, when we look at our ticket gate, like we're supposed to play Augustana at home again next year, and that's a twenty dollars to $25,000 game for us. Um, you know, if we can't play that game um, the first week of October, that'll hurt us financially. Like, I'm not saying we won't be able to play the game. If we can't play the game without fans, um, with fans in the stands, that will hurt us. But, um, you know, I, I guess we, I think we're lucky from the standpoint at division two, we've been able to, um, 
not get in the um, arms race that Division One is. You know, you see the the uh, I think LSU's football team has beds in their football locker rooms or something like that. Like we have stayed away from the arms race that division one schools are at where they're pumping so much money in and everything costs so much. Um, so from that standpoint, I think we'll be able to adjust and adapt more easily than some of the D one schools. Um, but again, for us, uh, every student counts and we're an enrollment driven school. So for us, the most important thing is we want to hopefully have all students back on campus in the fall. That's our eye on the prize goal for us right now. Uh, do you have any projections about the, the possibility of uh, enrollment drop from just last year to this year, or is it too early to tell? It's really too early to tell. Some schools on the East Coast are saying that they, they anticipate there's going to be 20 to 30 percent drop off. I don't, we don't um, predict that that's what will happen at USF. We're really proud of what we're able to offer our students, and and we we believe we're strategically play, uh, placed so well in a community like Sioux Falls that we still think we're an attractive place to come. So we're not so worried about um, that as as much as some of the schools that we're hearing about that from the East Coast. What is the uh, one bit of news, if any, from the NCAA that you are waiting to hear from? You know, one of the things we're going to hear about tomorrow is uh, this. We hope to hear about tomorrow. We sometimes deadlines have been pushed, but um, initial eligibility. Uh, we had lots of recruits that were waiting to take maybe the ACT or SAT one more time to try to improve their score, to try to become eligible, or to try to get a better academic scholarship. You know, they might have a 23 ACT, but if they could get a 25, then they would get more academic money, and they're going to lose that opportunity. Um, the initial eligibility uh, waiver, that the information that comes out tomorrow, will be really important also for um, junior college uh, transfers. Will they be held to the same standards? Um, what we're finding and what is, we don't know what GPAs will be after the spring semester for high school seniors or for junior college um, athletes. Did they, you know, did they struggle moving online? Will that impact their eligibility coming into um, our our campuses? So I think that that ruling will make a big impact, and that's something that we're really looking for tomorrow from the NCAA. Mm. Uh, and if we hear good news about some sort of leniency, um, then that will help our coaches to be able to work with and, and have a bigger pool to work with in, in the transfer or seniors still looking for a place. Pam Gull, University of Sioux Falls Athletic Director. A couple more moments here on Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230 and KWSN.com. We chatted with the school superintendent of Sioux Falls, Brian Maher, a couple hours ago. Kim Nelson, the Roosevelt High School football coach, they both say that the high school educators are not certain that there will be school starting in August or there will be sports in the fall at the high school level. Um, what, what's, what's your sense right now for competition in, in Division II and, and, who kind of, and, and who will ultimately decide? What, what prospects are there at the moment and who decides? Right. The NCAA has come up with a fall sport task that's evaluating all everything. If you can imagine, we have student-athletes that have not been in a weight room for now almost a month, if not longer, and they're not used to being in that type of shape. Um, so we don't know how many weeks it will take for our football players, our, our, our soccer athletes, our volleyball players 
to be able to be in a position to be competitive and and also not get hurt. We just don't want big, the biggest thing with strength training is um, for injury prevention. And so we want to put our athletes in a position where they're going to be able to be successful and safe and, and it'd be good for their health. Um, we, what, how long that takes, um, I've heard some estimates at the division one level. They're saying that it would take six weeks to ready a football program. I don't know. We haven't really said anything like that at the division two level. Um, some of those decisions will be out of our hands. We've heard some people are talking about if they just push the weeks back and took away some non-conference competitions like in volleyball or soccer, um, that might be a possibility. There's just so much. I mean, it's, it's April 16th. Hmm. There's still, you know, there's still so much up in the air, but I know that, um, I know the NCAA will make sure that they make a decision in the best interest of the health and safety and well-being of our student athletes, but, that um, that doesn't mean that they won't try to also, um, they want to be able to have op- our student-athletes to have opportunities. That's part of their experience as well. So um, I think they'll weigh all their options, but some of those decisions will be out of our hands. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you answered finances a little earlier, but uh, Minnesota Moorhead, a Division two school in your league, uh, needs to cut about two hundred fifty grand by 2021, and they're trying not to cut sports programs. Uh, just quickly, are there is there any possibility that you've had the face y- yet of considering cutting any programs at USF and and or having to cut nearly that much of a budget of two hundred fifty grand? Yeah, well, what I would say is that we're a small liberal arts school, and every student matters. And so for us, the way that we um, our discount rates and the way that we um, you know our scholarship, our student athletes, it, we want every student that we can have. So we are not looking to um, cut any sports. And I want that to be very clear that that will not be a solution for us. Um, I know other you know other Division one schools, like you said, Old Dominion and Cincinnati, and mm-hmm. I hadn't heard I hadn't heard about Morehead, but and they're trying I, not to I, cut, but they just have to cut two hundred fifty grand. So yeah. Um, so we we value and, and know that our, our discount rate is is just fine with our student athletes. So we, we we really want to keep our student athletes. It's really important. Um, you know, will there be budget cuts later on? Um, that will depend on what our enrollment will be in the fall. But right now, we're not anticipating a cut as big as what um, Morehead is. What you shared about Morehead. All right. Craig, anything else for Pam? No, always great to hear from Pam. Wish you all the best, Pam, and uh, we will talk again real soon. Thanks, guys. All right. Pam Goal. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter, at Pam Goal, uh, at USF Athletics on Twitter. A couple uh, house cleaning issues, stuff that you may have missed earlier in the show, a compelling audio from Kim Nelson, the Roosevelt football coach I mentioned about uh, when he'll be comfortable to have football again, and uh, Brian Maher, when they might have school again in Sioux Falls. And a quick word about Tua's injury concerns. Some historical perspective on Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, KWSN.com. Get the latest local sports news, scores, schedules, and columns from John Gaskins by going to KWSN.com. Also hear the station live and Craig and John segments on demand at KWSN.com.